seated, I want you to take God's Word and open it to the Old Testament book of Psalms. And I want you to keep your place in Psalm 92, and we'll come back to this psalm all throughout the evening. But I want to go ahead and begin with the first couple of verses. Psalm 92, I want you to look at the heading that is right beneath the chapter title. Psalm 92, it says, A Psalm or a Song for the Sabbath Day. Now that is found in the original Hebrew, and it's the only psalm that has that title. This was a psalm for the Sabbath day. Now, some commentators have said this proves that the Sabbath day was more than just a day of rest, but also a day of praise, a day of public and corporate worship. And this is a beautiful psalm. Look at it with me, please. Let's go ahead and read the first, the entirety of it, 15 verses, then I'll make a comment on a couple of verses, and we'll come back to it later throughout the evening. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. And to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. That's a good verse, isn't it? It's a good thing. Verse 2, it's a good thing. It goes on, carry the same thought. To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning. And thy faithfulness every night. Upon an instrument of ten strings. And upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. When the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eye also shall see my desire on mine enemies. And mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. And all God's people said, Amen. Look at that first verse. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Now, it's good for a number of reasons. Would you look here for a moment? It's good to give thanks to God, meaning it is appropriate. We are living in a generation, the scriptures tell us, that one of the most defining characteristics of the last days is that it will be an unthankful generation, an ungrateful generation. And we have arrived, haven't we? We have arrived at the day of ingratitude. And young people... I have no idea what it is to be thankful. You think we hear stories. I remember growing up, I heard my parents tell stories of how they used to have to walk to school and uphill both ways with no shoes. You've heard those kinds of stories before. And uh, they were trying to say, you don't appreciate what you have. But the interesting thing is with every generation, we see an increase in that unthankfulness. Instead of people becoming returning or becoming more thankful it appears that people are becoming less and less thankful 
But it is a good thing, meaning it is appropriate to give thanks. If somebody does something to you, I was taught when I was raised, if I was given a meal or, or somebody gave me a hymn book, I was taught, I was raised to say thank you. If somebody said, would you like a glass of water? I was raised to say yes, please, or no, thank you. That's the way I was raised. And uh, we have sort of cast all of that off. There is no more gratitude, but it is a good thing, an appropriate thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Now let's think for a moment. Why is it appropriate to give thanks to God? Well, He has given you life. We would not be here if it were not for God. Every good and perfect gift cometh from above. And sometimes it takes a little bit of an upset to remind us, oh, life isn't guaranteed. We had a little bit of a scare. Many of you know you've been praying for my brother-in-law, Jonathan. I'm glad he's with us tonight. But we had a little bit of a scare the other day at the wedding, uh, on our way from Andy and Carla's wedding to the reception. And it reminded us very quickly how fragile life is. And sometimes uh, our, our dear brother Huey and his family and Whitney and the baby, little baby here, we, Isaiah, sometimes when something sudden happens, it reminds you that life is not promised. And then we realize this is a gift. God has preserved us. So it is a good thing to give thanks unto God because it's appropriate. And it's right. He deserves our praise, doesn't he? But it's also good. This is an amazing thought. It's also good to give thanks unto God because it's good for you to give thanks. It does you good. It lifts your soul when you give thanks. It does you a world of good to praise. And this is exactly what the psalmist is saying. He, I'm sure he has all of these things in mind. But do you know it actually does you good to praise God? It lifts your soul. It's like health to your bones when you give thanks. It is good to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. By the way, one of the way, best ways to give thanks is to sing praises. You ever wake up in the morning with a song? And I'm not talking about some song you heard on the radio, but some song unto the Lord. It would be good. In fact, this is what the psalmist says, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning. Meaning, first thing when you get out of bed, you swing your legs over to the edge of your bed, it would do you good to give thanks. Sing a little song. It may not sound too pretty. It doesn't matter, but give thanks. In the morning, I will show forth thy loving kindness. In the morning, and in... Upon, and thy faithfulness upon every evening. The idea is all day long give thanks. Now look, don't get caught up with the generation that we live in, which is an ungrateful generation. Don't get caught up with the grumbling and the mumbling and the murmuring and the complaining. Do not get caught up in it. It would do you good to stop. And by the way, if somebody starts grumbling and murmuring and complaining, it would do you good to say, hold on a moment. It is a good thing. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. And it, watch the way it changes you. It literally changes you to give thanks unto the Lord. There's a beautiful Hebrew word called hesed, H-E-S-E-D. That's that word loving kindness, that amazing idea of grace and favor. To show forth that loving kindness. Sometimes I think as Christians we don't show his loving kindness, do we? Sometimes we don't display it very well, but it's a good thing. That's why we do this, to remind us we should do this every day, not just once a year. We should do it all the time. It's a good thing. 
it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. I, wa I wonder, is there something you can shout out? With it? Raise your hand, something you can give thanks to God for. We'll give you a longer timer in a moment, maybe, but just something that comes to mind. When I say, what are you thankful to God for? Thank you, Lord, for my life. For life, good. Yes, James. His faithfulness. We're told right there. His faithfulness every night. What else? Praise God for bringing people together. Titus. His protection, yes. Think about that, especially with Uncle Johnny. Yes, sir. Family, yes. It's good to have you here with us. If you haven't met my brother-in-law, Jonathan, you need to make sure you meet him. He's one of my best friends in all the world. He's a very special friend. His family. What else can we give thanks for? Yes. He never leaves us, nor forsakes us. The simplicity of the gospel. Praise the Lord. We complicate it, but it doesn't have to be. James. For grace. Rain. Yes. James was telling me today, James is actually from Zimbabwe. He's overjoyed that we're visiting his homeland. He said, we grumble about the rain here, but they give thanks to God for the rain there. And we sometimes forget that we need rain. Yes. For his he, he's coming again. Amen. That gives hope. Yes, sir. For life. Amen. Tian. Amen. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. What a promise. What else? Eliana? A little bit louder? Friends? Yes. Praise God for friends. And all the little friends giggle back there. That's good. Yes. He gave us, you know what, Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon uh, would not have any instrument in their, in their church. And some people still hold to that belief. We don't. I don't believe you can have a biblical mandate to say not to have any instruments, especially when you read it here. But he believed, Spurgeon believed, that the human voice was the most beautiful instrument in all the world. No, I like that. And so he wouldn't, he wouldn't cause a fuss about it, but he just believed in his congregation they were just going to use their God-given voices to praise the Lord. What a gift God's given us. What else comes to mind? Yes? The church. What a marvelous design. Paul calls it the mystery of God. What a marvelous design. Yes. Billy. A, a praying church. Yes. Praying. Not just a church, but a praying church and family. Sophia. God's word. We'd be in trouble without it, wouldn't we? We'd be lost without it. Yes, Shannon. Himself. Praise God for who he is. Amen. Yes. He answers our needs, not always our greeds. That's a good one. Huey. For changing us. This gospel message changes lives. And I'm looking at a tent full of changed people. Johnny. The gift of eternal life. Jenny. Amen. For the battles and the challenges through which we grow. Amen. It's always in the valley that we grow, never on the mountaintop. For the Spirit of the Lord. Praise the Lord Jesus said, I must ascend unto the Father that I may send unto you the Comforter. Amen. He's constantly pursuing us. Yes. His mercy. And it's new every morning. 
His mercies are new and His mercies are tender. We sometimes act like we're merciful. We're very cruel about it. But His mercies are tender. I was thinking about it yesterday. I was just spending some time with some friends last night. I was on my way home. And uh, just, it just occurred to me, God is so good to us. He is so good to us. Yes. Pardon me? He answers prayer? Yes. Yes, Titus. For his goodness. Tommy, why don't you come along? And uh, Tommy's another one of our senior leaders, or one of our deacons. And I mean that in the most respectful way. And uh, he's going to just share a brief word of thanks and praise to the Lord. God has been good to us. And uh, it's easy sometimes to look back. Tommy and his family have had a lot of challenges this year, and uh, really in the last couple of years. But uh, it's easy sometimes to see only those things. And it's hard sometimes when you're in the valley to see the light and the things worth praising God for, but there's much. Tommy's going to share briefly with us some praise. God's charity and love is the greatest thing that we have. I'm amazed how quick this 12 years has gone, and I've seen our church grown from strength to strength. I've got some great friends in this church. My great friend, Trevor, we've seen a lot happening in the church, and um, it started off as a small, little tiny church, and it's grown and grown, and it'll grow bigger. I can feel it in my bones. And the Lord is good to us, but we've got to keep pressing on. And we have to have prayer more than anything else. We have to have prayer and faith that the Lord will bring us forward. And people are praying for revival. I believe revival is coming to us. I can feel it. I thank the Lord when I walked into that tiny little chapel nearly 12 years ago. And I saw Pastor Moreland and Angela Baker and Kathy Hinchin. All young people that time. I'm getting older and older. <laughs> but uh, it was the best thing that I ever done in my whole life. It's changed me. We've had a lot of um, problems in, in our lifetime now as we've gone through life. I suppose that's part of life. But God has been great. He's He's merciful, and he is the only thing that can keep me going forward. I, I would never would be able to do anything without the Lord Jesus Christ. I, um, I have the love of a good wife. I have my family, the church family, a good pastor that's always there for me when I need him, and good people, good fellowship among good people. I am. Um, I know that um, we do have times when we're down in the valleys and we get despondent and but there's always the Lord Jesus to catch you by the hand and bring you up into them valleys. And uh, I know that we're, for this little bit of life that I have left in me, and I'm sure I speak for Trevor as well, that we'll go forward as long as we can for the Lord Jesus Christ and we love him and we adore him. And we love our church family as well. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you, Tommy. Let's sing another hymn. Who's got a request this evening? 
I'm going to avoid the peanut gallery up here. Yes, you eat. Pardon me? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? I'll come back to you, fellas. Don't get discouraged, but we'll give some others a, a chance as well. Have you been to Jesus? 379. 379. I hope you've come ready to sing. And uh, this has got a question, but I hope you can answer it and sing it with enthusiasm that you have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. 379. Let's stand together. Psalm, Psalm 92, and let's look together at the next three, four verses. Upon an instrument of ten strings, and upon the psaltery, upon the harp, with a solemn sound. He's continuing this thought about giving thanks. And the idea really is with everything. Anything you have, anything designed especially for worship, and uh, give it unto the Lord. 
And then we read in verse 4. I love this. Why? Why is it good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to His name, to show His loving kindness in the morning, and to show His faithfulness every night? Why? By the way, in singing His praise, in giving His praise, we do show His loving kindness. And I think one of the reasons the world remains unbelieving is because we are not showing. We are not showing His loving kindness. We are not showing His faithfulness morning and night. No wonder they don't believe. They look at us and we grumble as much as they do. No wonder they don't believe. They look at us and say, I, I don't really want what they have. But can you imagine if we were to sing praises to His name morning, noon, and night, How what a testimony that would be unto God. We would be showing His loving kindness. Do you know, if you talked about how good God was, how good God is, if you talked about how good God is nonstop, people would say, I'd like to meet this God. If He's been that good to you, I'd like to meet Him. That's what it is to show it forth by giving thanks. And you were to talk about how faithful he was. That was one of the first things that somebody said. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's faithful. If we were to show his loving kindness and show his faithfulness, it would give you many more gospel opportunities. He talks about how, why, verse 4, how is upon instruments, use your voice, verse 4, why, why? Look at this. Because Lord, for thou, Lord, hast made me glad. Have you been made glad? Yes. I hope you have. Some, some people say they're glad, but they don't look very glad. You and I should be the most joyful people on the planet. Now, I'm not talking about that fake, cheesy Joel Osteen smile. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about a genuine joy of the Lord. And look what it says. Thou hast made me glad through thy work. Through the work that he, this is what he's done. Now we've talked about singing praises to his name, showing his loving kindness and his faithfulness. That's who he is. Now we're talking about praising him for what he's done. We praise him for who he is. He's loving and kind. He's faithful. But we also praise him for the work that he has done in us. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. Have you ever stopped? Look here. Have you ever stopped and just looked back over your past, your life, and seen what God has done in you? The work that God has done in you. That ought to make you glad. That should make you glad. Thou hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. And almost as if the psalmist can't help himself, O oh Lord, how great are thy works. It's amazing. He's encouraging us to praise the Lord. He's encouraging, because Lord, thou hast made me glad through thy works. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. I will have victory in the works of thy hands. O oh Lord, how great are thy works. And thy thoughts are very deep. Now, I like this. Someone once mentioned that the, the very first place he begins is by acknowledging that God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not like ours. Aren't you glad he didn't think like us? Aren't you glad his plan is not like ours? We sometimes think we have it all planned out. We've got it all figured out. And I'm glad we don't. 
But let's stop for a moment and give thanks unto the Lord because of His work. Has God made you glad through some work that He's done in your life or work that you've been a part of and seen? How great are thy works? Let's talk about it briefly. What comes to mind when you think about giving thanks to God for His work? Anything come to mind? Yes? And we're very God, glad that God has led you here to be a part of this work. We wouldn't be the same without you. Yes. Very good. The work of intercession. And uh, what a privilege to be involved in His work. He calls us and brings us into His work. Amazing. What else? Yes. The work that God does in people's heart to prepare them to hear the word. Good. Yes. God's timing. Yes. We give thanks for the timing in his work. What else comes to mind? Amen. Gospel witness opportunities, evangelistic opportunities. Good. What else comes to mind? Praise him for his work. Yes, Jake. Freedom from sin. That's a work that only he can accomplish set us free amen what else what work yes Dylan work of creation good Lord thou hast made me glad through thy work have you ever just walked and, and looked at creation and just been overwhelmed at the beauty of his creation and to acknowledge where it's come from that that should make you glad what else Huey amen the work of redemption the work of substitutionary death. Amen. Amen. Yes. Source of energy of his word. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. The energy that he gives, the spirit of the living God. What else? Yes. The leading. Yes, his leading and guiding. What a marvelous work of the spirit of God. We think about the difference between God the Father and God the Son and God the Spirit and the work of God the Spirit in leading us. He's led us here. And we give thanks to God for that. That's made us glad. Sometimes we don't feel so glad, but we give thanks. And for, his, for the work of forgiveness. Amen. Johnny. Amen. What a marvelous, marvelous plan and work of God's redeeming sovereign grace whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yes, Tian. Yes. What an important one. The work of God's continuing sanctification. Aren't you glad that he promised, I, I hold on to this promise, I hold on tightly to it, he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it. He will complete it. Now, you better hold on to that one. You better put it in your back pocket and take it with you everywhere you go because someday you're going to wake up and think, I've made a mess of things. But he that hath begun a good work, if he started it, he'll finish it. That's a marvelous work of God. What else? Yes? The work of faith? Yes, praise the Lord. That's a gift. And what marvelous things that faith can accomplish. All because God has worked that in us. What else comes to mind? We're told, yes, Larry? Pardon me? 
God's will is the best thing for us. Thou hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. Think about that. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to be victorious in the work of my hands. I'm never going to get victory because of what I do. I get victory in the work of his hands. Amen. And I will triumph and rejoice in what he's done. Amen. Anyone else? He can restore anything. He can restore anything. He's a God of restoration, isn't he? Now, interesting, verse number six is interesting. A brutish man knoweth not. That means a, really a senseless man. The idea is a man who acts more like an animal than he does a man. That's literally what that word means. A brutish man, a senseless man, does not know the works of God. Cannot praise God. He's more like an animal than he is a man. Sometimes we're like that, aren't we? I've been like that myself. Sometimes I'm more like an animal. My children sometimes are more like animals than they are men. But a brutish man, a senseless man, knoweth not. And let that sink in. Sense, as if they had no senses. As if they had no discernment. As if they could not see that it was God that caused the sun to rise. As if they could not see that it was the Spirit of God that led you under this canvas tonight. A man with no sense. A man with no recognition. Sometimes we live like that. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth the fool understand this. And if you've wandered into this tent tonight and you can't understand why these people are giving thanks and praising God, and surely they could do something better with their time than this, if you can't quite grip, grip, come to grips with it and grasp it all, then maybe you fall into verse number 6. A brutish man and a fool. Anyone else? Anything else come to mind of giving thanks for his works before we sing another hymn? Johnny? Amen. Amen. We know, there's that word work. We know that all things work together for good. We know that because we believe God is sovereign, meaning God is at work. And therefore what's happening is God working, even the bad things. We know that. We believe that. We may not see it now. We may not even see it in the next 10 years. We may never see it in this life, but we know it to be true because we know that God is still on the throne. We give thanks to God for that. Yes. Yes. We don't see it. We're expecting it. And by the way, we have, we have reason to believe. If God has already performed all this, and His Word tells us that He will perform this, and we believe we shall see it. We believe we shall see it. Let's sing another hymn. Who's got a suggestion? Ten? Yes. Have you got the number there? 529. That's a brilliant one. 529. Down in the valley with my Savior I would go, where the flowers are blooming and the sweet waters flow. Everywhere he leads me, I would follow, follow on, walking in his footsteps to the crown be won. But you know, it's interesting, the wording there, 529, it's only in the valley. It's in the valley where you find the flowers and the sweet waters flowing. Most of us don't want to walk in the valley. I'm reminded of a little chapter I read out of a Frank Borum book and 
he, he, the title of the book was Mushroom on the Moors, and he explained how some of the sweetest, most edible mushrooms only grow in the darkest hour of night, in the darkest place, and the lowest place. And they grow when you can't see it happening, because it's at midnight. That's what happens with us. We grow when we feel like we're not growing. We grow when we can't see it because life seems so dark and hopeless. That's when the real work is being done. Down in the valley with my Savior I will go. Five, two, nine. Let's stand together. chapter, the psalmist writing about the enemies of God. Now this is very important because sometimes one of the biggest reasons, look this way, look here, one of the biggest reasons we do not praise God is because of the opposition that's in front of us. Sometimes one of the biggest hindrances to praising God are the enemies of life. You want to praise God, maybe you're walking well with God, then out of nowhere some attack comes and knocks you straight on your back. Something happens to you so devastating. Something, someone is so nasty and wicked and it steals your joy. It robs you of that praise. robs God of the praise that he deserves from your lips. And in the middle of this, the psalmist recognizes that and he deals with the problem of the enemies of God. Now look at it there. Are you listening? Verse 7. When the wicked spring as the grass... 
And when all the workers of iniquity do flourish. Now, have you ever just thought to yourself, why is it that every rotten, wicked human being that hates God, that wants nothing to do with God, that isn't living for God, they seem to be prospering. And those of us who want to serve God, we seem to be crushed beneath their feet. You ever felt like that? I'm trying to serve God. I really want to serve God. And everything wrong is happening to me. But they, here they are. Look at them. They don't even believe in God. They don't give any regard to God. And look how well off they are. And the psalmist said, when the wicked spring up as the grass, quickly. You know how quickly grass grows? And when the workers of iniquity flourish, look at them growing, prospering. The psalmist says, the only reason they're growing and prospering is that they might be cut down. So don't, do not look at them and think, I wish I was like them. Because their end, what will happen to them, is very plain. They shall be destroyed forever. But thou, Lord, art most high. It's the idea of, here comes the wicked. And here comes a work of iniquity, growing, growing, flourishing, flourishing. Don't worry, they shall soon be cut down. But God is most high, and he'll never be cut down. He's most high forever. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. Look, every enemy that plagues your soul. I mean, I'm not talking about a person. I remind you, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But I'm talking about the enemy of fear or the enemy of doubt or the enemy of unbelief or whatever it may be. Whatever enemy that's plaguing your soul, it shall be destroyed forever. It shall be. Thine enemies, O Lord, it's repeated. Thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn, horn is a symbol of strength and symbol of oftentimes through scripture a symbol of strength and authority but my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn I don't, I'm not talking about some mystical being some have imagined it either to be a rhinoceros or an ox I don't really know but some animal with a horn the idea is something that is measured by the strength of its horn recognized by the authority and strength of its horn, I shall be exalted. My strength shall be exalted by the Lord in such a way. And look what this, I love the last part of this verse. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Amen. Oil. Throughout the scriptures, are you listening? Throughout the scriptures, oil is a vivid picture of the Spirit of God. That is further further explained and verified by talking about anointed with oil. We are not anointed anymore with olive oil. There are occasions when someone is ill or, or, or dying and they may call for oil as we read in the book of James and that's fine. But the, the anointing we have is the anointing of God's Spirit. And that is to be fresh. Are you looking this way? That anointing is to be fresh, daily, daily anointed by God's Spirit, daily filled with God's Spirit, daily empowered by God's fresh. I'm not, we're not living today on the anointing of the Welsh revival. That, that, that passed a long time ago. 
Do you know, I, 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 if you're from Wales, don't get upset at me, but I wondered a long time ago, why do the Welsh people seem to be grumpy? And I realized a lot of the older Welsh people are living off of the, the remnants of the old Welsh revival, the blessings of the Welsh revival, and they miss it. And they're so, they miss those old days. And some of them, some of them, the older folks, are, are children and grandchildren of those who passed through the Welsh revival. And there was a real heritage amongst those people. And they watched it disappear. We've got to remind ourselves we do not live on yesterday's anointing, on yesterday's blessing. I love reading about the, the Great Awakening in the United States of America through Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield. I love reading about the great revivals here of the 18th century with the Wesley brothers and, and Whitfield. I love it. But we cannot live on their anointing. Amen. We need fresh anointing. And there's a promise. I love this promise. Although there's those wicked ones looking like they're prospering, they're not prospering. Prosperity is not in your, in your pocket or in your wallet. Prosperity is not in that at all. My horn shall be exalted like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. That's a promise. I, it's amazing that the psalmist could write this under the inspiration of God's Spirit, knowing what was to come after the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension of Christ, and the sending of the Spirit of God to this age, to live and dwell and anoint the people of God daily. Now, I've underlined that in my Bible. It would do you good at least to mark it somewhere in your notes. If you don't mark in your Bible, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. That's a promise. But some of us are living, hoping and wishing and dreaming and waiting for some sign in the sky when God has given us His Spirit, given us His Word, and He wants us to have that fresh oil. Mine eye also shall see my desire on my enemies. How many of you have some enemy in your soul, some enemy of your soul that you fight and battle with on some sort of a regular basis? Would you raise your hand? And you would, some of those things we wouldn't dream of telling people about. We've got old monsters and devils and demons and battles and enemies of our soul. But the scriptures say, my eye shall see my desire on my enemy. Praise God. You will see it. You will see it. My eye shall see my desire on my enemy, and my ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Two, two trees, amazing trees. The palm tree has a tap root that is deep as it is tall, and it can endure every trial on earth, every wind and hurricane and every tornado and every storm. You can blow upon it. It'll bend till it touches the ground, but you cannot destroy it. That shall be us. And the cedar of Lebanon is the most majestic and beautiful and magnificent of all. The righteous shall flourish. That's a promise. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. That's a good verse. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord. Now, look, the house of the Lord is, is not bricks and mortar. It's not canvas and wood poles. The house of the Lord is his people where the Lord dwells. That's the house of the Lord. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish 
in the courts of our God. That's a, that's a, a word of, of service. That's a word of sacrifice unto the Lord. That's where I want to flourish. Isn't it you? I don't want to flourish in the eyes of the world. I don't care one bit about paychecks from the world or recognition from the world. I do not want to flourish in the eyes of the world, but I do want to flourish in the courts of heaven, don't you? That's where I want to flourish. That's a promise. I love that shall, shall, shall. It's worth marking that. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Now let's just stop for a moment. Sing another hymn. I wonder who's got a testimony over maybe something that is re- regarded to that. Maybe you've, you've got victory. You don't, I don't want to hear all your dirty laundry, so don't air that out tonight. But maybe you just want to give thanks and testimony about uh, God's work of deliverance from some enemy in your life briefly or, or some, uh, some way that God has indeed lifted you. Anything like that come to mind as we give thanks to God tonight? Yes, Caroline. Come on. Praise the Lord for bringing people to us. Aren't you, aren't you glad for God's timing? And Each one of you here, I believe God's timing is perfect in how folks have come. And uh, David and Caroline have come in recent months and they've already proven to be such a blessing. Come along. Yeah, I, I've been a Christian for 47 years, which is longer than probably most of you have been alive. And the last 15 years have been the most awful time that David and I have been through. We've had one horrible, horrible thing happen to us after another. And it got to a point where I just felt God's not answering my prayers. And that's fine. He he doesn't promise us he'll answer our prayers as we want. And the Lord's Prayer was what I would fall back on. I wasn't feeling sorry for myself. I knew that God was sovereign. Um, But one day somebody asked me about something that had happened um, that we prayed for. And I realized that that prayer had been answered. And I thought, well, I I didn't remember that prayer being answered because I hadn't really taken any note of it. And so I started to just jot one line down. And this is my prayer book that I started in January. And I've highlighted in green the positive answers to prayer. And you probably can't see, but these bits where there's nothing, they're the bits that I pray for every day, so they're different topics every day. And, And so it just goes on. And you probably can't see that a lot of the spaces where it's not green, it's actually yellow, and they're just ongoing prayers, like I pray regularly for this generation of, of children. I think it's just what they need our prayers, don't they? Praise the Lord. But yeah, absolutely, praise the Lord. And um, the really exciting thing is I, I felt I wanted to share this with you tonight, was that the 16th um, prayer that I had jotted down at the beginning of the year was where should our future Christian fellowship be? And that's got a, a heart next to it and a big green line through it. So Praise the Lord. Thank you, Caroline. That's very encouraging. You know, many years ago when I was at Bible college, Juliana may remember this, uh, one of our dear friends was a man called Dan Knickerbocker. That's an interesting name. And uh, he was a pastor from New York City who had felt God leading him into full-time evangelism. He still is in serving the Lord in evangelism now, but he encouraged us 
to start a prayer journal, just like what Caroline has spoken of. And in fact, he even designed one that you could purchase. He wasn't trying to make money, but trying to help us. And in that journal, it had a date and a request and the date it was answered. And it was really, it would revolutionize the way you pray. You begin praying with expectancy. And then you begin looking for that prayer to be answered so that you could write the date that it was answered. And sometimes I think we just either give up on praying or like Caroline said, we sometimes don't even realize God answered it. Because we say a prayer, we chuck a prayer up there and we don't really expect him to answer so we, we don't recognize when he does. It might do you good to begin such a journal, specific things you're praying for every day. And then that way when he does answer you can make a note of it, and when you feel low, you can go back like Caroline, open that book up and say, my, look at all that green. Look at all God has answered. Praise God. Anyone else? Something you'd like to just give thanks to God for? Before Yes, you eat. First praise service. And your and your two girls are with us in church. Do you know that? Amazing how the Lord. That's right. All three of Huey and Leanne's children. How long ago, Huey, was it now when you first started coming? March 2017. God saved Huey on a Wednesday night and um, now his, all three of his children are saved think about that amazing he and his wife are serving God together and Huey was a tough old cookie if you didn't know Huey before he was saved uh, yes we had a few problems but now you're serving the Lord God is good God is good have we got another song do we choose one yet I'm going to come back up here to this crowd here I think go ahead T Three seven six, three seven six. What we'll do is we'll have one more round of praises, and um, so you think about something, and then we'll we'll close off the moody meeting here in a moment. Three seven six. Come, ye sinners, poor and needy, weak and wounded, sick and sore. Jesus, ready, stands to save you, full of pity, love, and power. He is able. He is willing. Doubt no more. Three, seven, six.
two verses of Psalm 92. Let this encourage you. Again, verse 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Look at verse 14. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. Let me read that again. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. That's a promise. That's a promise for the child of God that is planted in the house of God, flourishing in the courts of God, still bringing fruit in old age. 
See, the world looks at things differently than God does. The world says the older somebody gets, the more useless they become. We see that, don't we? Even by the way that people are treated medically because of their age. We see that, unfortunately. But it's the other way around in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, they are still bringing forth fruit. In fact, they're bringing forth more fruit in old age because of the theory of multiplication. Because their life has had longer to touch more people. They've had longer to plant more seeds. And in their old age, they shall bring forth more fruit than they ever did in their young age. And every once in a while, somebody thinks, I'm, I'm getting old. And I'm not as useful and not as capable or able. My day has passed and I can't do like some of the young people do. No, 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 my friend. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. That's that wonderful principle of perseverance. Wonderful principle of endurance that is promised to us all through Scripture. They shall be fat. Not physically. Some of us may get there, but Fat spiritually. By the way, every almost every reference in the Bible to fat is a good thing. So don't worry if you've got a few extra pounds on you, that's all right. Almost every reference in the scripture to fat is in a good way. It's spiritually speaking, meaning you are full of the things of God. Blessed. Fat and flourishing. That can be our motto from now on. Fat and flourishing. The OBC. Fat and flourishing. Spiritually, I hope. Fat and flourishing. Growing, prospering. And may the Lord use us. Literally, fat and green. Still a lot of life is what that means. So don't be discouraged. You may feel like your memory is fading and your knees are growing weak and you're not able to do like you used to do. Fat and flourishing. Remind yourself. They shall still bring forth fruit in their old age. That's a promise. Why? To show that the Lord is upright. Do you really think that God's going to save you and then let you wander off and fizzle out? Do you really think that God would save you in your youth and then use you for a few in your prime, as the world says, in your prime, and then let you fizzle out? No, no. It brings Him glory that you would still bring forth fruit until the day you die. To show that the Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. There's not one bit of badness in God. Isn't that good? This is a psalm of praise. And we ought to be daily praising Him. Daily praising Him. We're coming to a close. And this is our last opportunity. Maybe you've got a word. You'd like to give thanks or praise to God right where you sit. Then we'll have one more hymn to close it all off. Anyone at all? Yes, Dylan? Loved ones being saved. Praise God. Yes, Simon.
Thank you, Simon. We always have access to God. Even when we've sinned and gone astray, Satan tells you you can't come home. But the Father says, Son, thou art ever with me. All that I have is thine. Any other praises before we close, Larry? Pardon me? He's indescribable. Absolutely. For our family, yes. Johnny? Amen. Praise God for the tent. Reminds us that we are the church, not the building. Yes, Raya. Amen. Praise God for the throne of grace that we can approach. And it's not a throne of judgment for us. It's a throne of grace and mercy. great door and effectual is opened unto us and there are many adversaries but we praise God I'd rather have the adversaries and the opportunities than have no opportunities and no enemies wouldn't you Tommy pardon me yes he's always there for us Mike he's with us in the trials and the triumphs sounds like he's going to write a book we are more than conquerors. We don't just get the victory, but we then rule over top of it all. Yes. His strength is made perfect in weakness. Johnny. We're like a pack of Smarties. I've missed that, Johnny. I've missed hearing that. This church is like a pack of Smarties. That's the way it should be. Anything else? Huey? Amen. Praise God for our church family. Anyone else? Juliana? A healthy baby. Praise God for little Samson. Yes. And everybody who made meals and gifts and all. Yes, keep going. You want to come up here? And that that's your mother? Yes, I'm not so sure about that one, but yes, that's your mother. No, glad that my mom, mother-in-law is here. And my brother-in-law, glad to have them with us. And it's a blessing, already they've been a blessing to us. Thank you. You're going to get sick of hearing about Samson, but I'm so encouraged about this study of Samson. And I hope you are as well. Anything else? Before we go out into the we waited until the rain came before we close. Showers of blessing. That would be a good one to close on. 307. Titus? So the people that made the, Titus is thankful for the people that made the food. Thank you. 306. Emmanuel, you got one? 306. Have you got it? There shall be showers of blessing. This is the promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing sent from the Savior above. 306.
thank you for coming tonight. Look, let's go away rejoicing. Let's go away praising God. And may that be our, our reminder. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Let's pray. Father, we do praise thee. And tonight we have thought much about how worthy, how almighty and magnificent thou art. We have spent much time considering thy goodness to us. And we are unworthy. Lord, may our eyes never be upon the wicked that are around us. May it never be upon the apparent facade of prosperity in the wicked lives. But instead, may we look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. May we rejoice to know that our horn shall be exalted. That we shall be anointed with fresh oil. Help us to rejoice at the thought of being planted in the house of the Lord. Flourishing in thy courts. Lord, may we rejoice to know that he hath begun a good work in us, will perform it, that even in our old age we shall still bring forth fruit. We shall be fat and flourish. We rejoice at such promises and expectation, such hope for thy children. And we pray, Lord, for showers of blessing. Lord, we rejoice, surely mercy drops have indeed fallen. And we have talked about some of those drops. But, Lord, we pray and plead for showers of heaven-sent revival, true revival, Lord, blessings from above. God, please, we don't ask it because we're worthy. We ask it, Lord, because Thou art worthy, and we need Thee, Lord. And, God, we desire that this whole world, this city of Oxford, this country, the United Kingdom, the whole world would praise Thee and worship Thee because Thou art worthy. Oh, God, may we be a good witness. May we show forth thy loving kindness. May we show forth thy faithfulness. May our lives be walking testimonies of how great of a God thou art. So, God, we give ourselves to thee and we praise thee and ask of the Lord to use us. Bless our brethren as they leave this tent. May we go away a little bit lighter than when we came in, a bit more joyful than when we arrived, with a bit more of a hop and a skip in our step. And may we praise thee all the way home. We pray against the attack of Satan. We are mindful that he's waiting outside this tent to enter into our conversations, to stop this thought of praise. And I pray, Lord, we are not ignorant of his devices. And we rejoice to know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So help us, Lord, as we leave this place to go away rejoicing. Bring us back together again soon. Bless all that is to come. Give us hope and expectation. For we ask these things in the name that is above every name the name of Jesus Christ, our glorious Lord and Savior, and for His sake. Amen.